Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Film Club Podcast here at Dean's Deep Voice. Why are uh, you talking like that? I don't know. I thought you'd enjoy it. Not really. All right. See yourself. I'm easy. So, uh, even taking my quote away from me, wow. What you don't like? You don't like Young Frankenstein? I do, but that you know I say that quote all the time. You do. You do. I love you. But here at the Film Club, we go back and forth picking some of your blockbusters, some of my uh, more obscure art house picks, and try and find some common ground and, you know, experience more new movies. And this week, oh, this week, I uh, I got to continue on our Guilty Pleasures Month, making well, you watch one of my favorite Guilty Pleasures. This was also your first Guilty Pleasure of the Month. This was my first Guilty Pleasure of the Month. Boo, what are we watching today? <sighs> Today we're watching Starship Troopers. So good! Oh, I love Starship Troopers. This movie's great. Unironically, this movie is awesome. Yeah, it was alright. Just just alright. Just alright. Just alright. Yeah. A movie about... A, a movie satirizing an ultra-militaristic government, a fascist regime in the far future where you have Neil Patrick Harris being a psychic and there's a bunch of people shooting giant alien space bugs. I mean, I hate bugs, and it's like, you went out of your way to find a movie with giant bugs just crawling everywhere. Where they're killing bugs. Still so The only gross. good bug is, is a, a dead, dead bug. bug. Ah, so good. Yes. So good. The parody is palatable. So, yeah. Yes. Just the dialogue in this movie was, it was so iconic. I, I will go on forever just remembering the, the lines that they uttered in this movie. Like, like the best line. Medic! Or Rico's Roughnecks roll out. Oh come on, it's so good. Everything in this movie is great. All right, where do you want? Where do you want to start? Where do you want to start? I've seen this movie a bunch of times. I saw it when I was a little kid, which I really shouldn't have seen when I was a little kid because there's a lot of tits in this movie. Yeah, that that was kind of weird how they were all showering together. I was like, ah, okay, boo, boo. all right. In the right. far future of equality, everyone you know showers together. You know, there's no. It's all gender neutral in the in the co-ed showers. Apparently. I, I was very surprised by that. But again, we're in this, you know, part of time. We're not in the far future. So it's still a no-no right now. Yes. Well, other than that, this movie is great. Oh, my God. I don't, I don't even remember how me and my brother watched this movie the first time around. I, I want to imagine my dad was probably like, it's, an ar- it's a futuristic army action movie. Yeah, sure. This will keep the kids quiet for for a few hours. And me and my brother watch this movie a bunch of times. This movie is great. Me and me and my brother wanted to be army men like every Halloween because of this movie. And then you know later on we realized that wasn't the point of the movie, but whatever. The smile on Dean's face can't get any bigger right now. I just want you guys to know that. Look, I am so excited. I got to make you watch Starship Troopers. So all yeah, right, go I, go ahead. I just watched start it. Start talking. Do it. Takes place, you know, well, obviously in space, because, you know, Starship Troopers. But it also takes place in Buenos Aires, and I was very shocked that a lot of people from there speak with a California accent. Well, in Buenos Aires, because that's how they say it in the movie, Buenos Aires, which is why I will always say it like that, uh, is, you know, it's supposed to be in this far future, and I think it's implied that the entire earth is like a monocultural federation and i guess it has like one language now which is like english and also this takes place in 
twenty one hundred or whatever. So twenty one ninety seven. Twenty one ninety seven. So like two hundred years from now. So yeah. I guess it is plausible that you know South America would be pretty could could switch over to like an English speaking country. But the other thing, which is awesome, because I think this is canon, is when um the actor playing Johnny Rico was asked, "Hey, why was a." blonde-haired blue-eyed white guy asked to play the argentinian juan rico and he was like and i think he said that well he was argentinian maybe he was um you know also german 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 descent descent, yes because that's the the meme where all the nazis from germany fled to argentina and this movie is about fascist ultra militaristic dictatorship kind of governments and the guy who directed the movie paul verhoen he grew up in nazi occupied netherlands which, and, by the way, yeah. same guy who directed RoboCop. And Paul Verhoeven likes Starship Troopers more than RoboCop. This movie is awesome. I like RoboCop more. A lot of people do. <laughs> yeah, so we, we've got that, you know, very California kind of vibe in Buenos Aires. With this blonde hair, blue eye guy. So it's like, yeah, I can see that, you know, being that he's of German descent. Yeah. But this movie is very much a guy movie. Oh, yeah, this is a dude movie. It's a bro movie, you know. We have uh, Johnny Rico, who joins, what are they called, the Citizens? Oh, so, this is weird. So, the the movie's based on a book. I should preface that. It's based on a book. Okay. And, which, I've never read the book. I hear it is... Which I'm surprised, because, I mean, you devour books. I, I read a lot. Um, a lot of it is because one, I've never found a copy into the, so the book is obviously like a parody and a satire of this ultra militaristic fascist kind of government in the book. It's played a lot more straight, right? Mm -hmm. And the, the author, I, I think the fans of the author basically said that it is still a parody. It's just not that kind of parody. And, um, the thing is in this world to become a citizen Mm -hmm. of the Federation, to become a citizen and not, um, a civilian and what citizenship gets you, it's your right to vote, um, the ability to get like licensing, to have children, um, to, and a bunch of other stuff. It also has the implications of like citizenship or military training now, Yeah, where if you join like the U.S., um, military, you get to go to, like, the VA hospital, so you have, like, um, free health insurance, you mm-hmm. get um, specialized grants and loans for housing, for school, all that other stuff, and that's the reason a lot of other people do it. But Rico joins because he's following um, a girl. He is following a girl. White she-devil herself, Denise Richards, who plays Carmen Ibanez. Carmen Ibanez. Ibanez. Yeah, yeah. So it, which is also weird because all the really white people in this movie all have very um, Latin names. Latin last names, yes. So I guess it's been a dream of hers to become a pilot, yeah. and Johnny kind of doesn't really know what he wants to do. We see, you know, that she's very intelligent. That they have, you know, these huge monitors at their school. Also, it, they're in high school, right? Yeah, yeah. They're seniors. They're graduating high school, okay. and that. That's the other thing is, you know, so I don't know if it's the it's the same f- 
for you, but when I was, you know, 18 and graduating high school, I got called by the Marines recruiter, like, on my, like, 18th birthday. Or maybe not my 18th birthday, but around that time. And they were, you know, hey, you know, we heard you're graduating. You yeah. know, you're going to, you know, what's your plans after high school and all this other stuff. And I was like, oh, well, I'm, you know, you know, going off to college or whatever. It's like, oh, okay. And they, you know, asked me questions. And they were like, yeah. you, ever, you ever thought about the Marine Corps and serving your country, mm-hmm. son. And I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. I got, I got asthma. I'm flat footed. I, uh, I'm a draft dodger. You know, I'm a little, little spooked by gunfire, but yeah. I mean, you're spooked by loud noises and movies. Life happens. But that's the, the thing is they're leaving high school okay. and a lot of them are going to go join the military because that's how you get citizenship, which gives you all the caveats of being a citizen. Yeah. Cause you know, they don't really look like high school students, so that's why I was kind of thrown. I'm like, are they in college or are they in high school? But high school makes more sense because this is where you take that next step of, you know, go to college or join the, the armed forces. Or, you know, go to work. and it, Yeah, so... Which, is that a thing in other countries or is that just America? Because I know other countries have, like, mandatory military yeah. service. Um, and then some countries where it's like optional, like here, where yeah. you don't have to serve if you don't want to. Yeah. Um, is that is that only in America? No, I'm sure other countries are the same. Yeah, I, I just don't know how many other countries where it's like after high school, you got you got three choices. It's college, career, or military. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure, but hmm. that kind of, you know, helped putting it into perspective, you know, seeing their... Where they are mentally, because, mm. you know, of course, it makes sense for him to join because his girlfriend's leaving. And his parents are, you know, very, hey, we were going to send you on vacation, you know, wouldn't you rather go on vacation instead of joining the service? And he's like, no, I'm going to follow my girlfriend. And, you know, then we see heartbreak ensues when she dumps him. And She dumps him like halfway through his training, right? Yeah, halfway through training. Yeah, when and she realizes, hey, this uh, this Xander guy, this pilot instructor here, ooh, buddy, it's really nice to have a boyfriend that's not probably gonna die in a meat grinder, which is another interesting thing in the movie. Which okay, so you noticed like the teachers and all the other people who said they were in you know mobile infantry, yeah, and they're all basically maimed. Yeah, there's the one guy he's missing, he's missing an arm, he's missing both his legs. Yeah. Uh, the teacher, played by Michael Ironsides, he's missing an arm. Yeah. Uh, the science professor, sure, she's... she's lost her vision. Yeah, and that's like a weird thing in this movie that a lot of people missed is when Johnny goes out into the mobile infantry, which is you know front lines, Marine Corps kind of kind of thing. He's he's a know, grunt. He's a grunt. He's on he's on the ground, boots mm-hmm. on the ground. He's you know firing a gun at real enemies. Yeah, and that's the thing that this movie is like. Hey, all the people who've done this that are being portrayed as like in the i good strong-willed adults are also completely physically maimed and destroyed yeah which is kind of interesting because we also see that rico he gets hurt his leg gets mangled by a uh by a one of the giant pterodactyl bugs yeah. and it, it's really it's really interesting. There's a lot of weird commentary in this movie, and it's all over the place, and it's great. And it's also weird that, you know, it's pulling from other sci-fi movies, so we think, you know, Rico's killed because, 
you know, Denise Richards' uh, character of uh, Carmen comes back from her mission, and she's looking through all the names to see who's been killed in action, and his name's on there. But then we see him in this tank, you know, slowly being healed up, which looked very much like Star Wars when Luke's in the the water when they're trying to heal him after, you know, being out there with the Tauntaun and the freezing cold. Yeah. So that's, that's why I was kind of like, you guys took that from Star Wars. Look, if we were going to fault every movie that took something from Star Wars, we want to start with Kevin Smith's entire career. Do we want to... Do we want to go with every sci-fi film post-1980? But I love Kevin Smith. Yeah, I know. Look, like, don't get me wrong. This is... It does look like that, but the interesting thing here is I think that was also in the book, but I don't know the timeline of when the book got released That and this. also somewhere in my research I found that in the movie, I guess on the backside of one of the Starship bridges... There's a little miniature Millennium, Millennium Falcon. Falcon. So, yes. see, you can't really see, you know. I look for that every time I watch I, this movie. I tried and looking I for it. I can't find Mm-mm. it. I couldn't find it either. So, I, I thought that was weird. I'm like, I had seen that in Star Wars, you know. Depending on when this book came out, that could have been an inspiration to George Lucas or... Other way around. Other way around, yeah. yeah. I know a big inspiration for Star Wars was um, Frank Herbert's Dune. Dune, yeah. I know you bought the book to that recently. Did you finish it? Uh, no, not yet. This is the this is the problem when I buy books is that usually I'll devour like half of a book and then something will come up and yeah. it'll sit half finished for like six months and then I have to finish the other half. And that's what happened to Dune. I am going to finish it because it is actually a very good book. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is with Star Wars that's inspiration is if you read Dune and then look at Star Wars, it's almost... Now this is one of those things where I've heard secondhand and I kind of haven't seen the parallel here, but people say star Wars is dune light and abridged, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting, but there's a whole other can of worms there. Cause Lucas based all, a lot on the hero's journey, which is totally irrelevant to starship troopers. Cause starship troopers is great. And if you want, if you, you know, like sci-fi movies, you like this movie, watch the Mandalorian. Cause that's just, Oh man, you got to get into it. I know, I know. I am, I am the worst person in the world to say, "Hey, go watch this X thing," because I am usually watching like a bunch of movies and stuff already, and it just kind of gets pushed in the back. I am eventually going to watch The Mandalorian. You should, because we film these ahead of time, so we're not really recording these week to week. So, well, we are. It's just they get released probably two weeks after recording. Yeah. So for this one. I just watched the season finale of The Mandalorian. Oh my god. You gotta watch it. It's amazing. It's so cinematically beautiful. You gotta watch it. I think it's just one of those things where I'm a bigger Star Trek fan than Star Wars fan. But, and, you but know. I think you can appreciate the, the ending to this. Mm-hmm. I, I'd probably appreciate it. Like I, I know Star Wars. I have some of the extended universe novels lying around somewhere. I think and I those books are a, really good. I actually have a first edition copy of Splinter of the Mind's Eye, which is the first um, extended Star Wars book. Pretty cool. Yeah, Pretty you're, cool. More, you're more welcome to borrow it. Thank uh, you, yeah. Rocky from Comical. He gave me those. Yeah, I'm probably going to borrow it from you. Life happens. So, all right. So we talk about his heartbreak from getting broken up, you know, mid-training. Yeah, and his best friend, um, Mr. Dookie Hauser himself, Neil Patrick Harris, is also his best friend, and he joins up also, but it's because he's um, psychic. Yeah. Which also, that's another thing in this movie that is not explored nearly enough because it's awesome. 
Um, people in this universe, um, some of them are psychically inclined. They can yeah. read minds. They're, you know, predictive, stuff like that. And they can... And they're usually recruited into military intelligence. Yeah. And that's where Neil Patrick Harris goes. And he's... We see him at the beginning of the movie, a short point in the middle of the movie, and then at the very end of the movie. movie, Which is also kind of interesting, because that's another commentary about how... So Rico's on the ground, and he's the one doing all the grunt work and all the fighting. But Neil Patrick Harris is the one that gets all the credit for the operation. Well, I mean, he also puts out, like, a PSA, I think, of, you know, when he kills one of these... They're, what, the arachnids? Yes, they're giant arachnid space bugs. If you want to find a good approximation, imagine a giant pterodactyl head with spider legs. And praying mantis arms. Yeah. They're horrifying. You should watch it. It is, and they sound like scarabs from the mummy. Yes, yes, which is awesome. So gross. I, I could hear it. It's just like, it feels like stuff's crawling all over me. So thank you for that, because I hate bugs. But only but, good bug is a dead bug. Yeah. So we we get this PSA from him on how to kill them. There's like a certain spot on their body to shoot and it takes them down, which I don't know if this video is related to the troops because we see them when they, you know, boots land on the ground on this planet oh. and they're just firing everywhere. And it's just like you're wasting ammunition. People are dying. Well, it's one of those things where they're in a they're in a real war scenario. Yeah. And everything up to that point... Was simulated. Was Well, yeah, it's simulated, it's training, it's one of those things is you don't really... You can never really prepare people for actual war, for actual battle, unless you put them in actual wars and actual battles. And in training, we see that, you know, Johnny Rico's apparently, you know, born to be this war hero, war hero where he's just, you know taking advantage of capture the flag you know he's he takes you know like three or four people out with a spare gun that he picks up on the ground how how did you not think that was awesome i mean it was kind of cool but then we see you know when they give him a platoon and that was just heartbreaking when he loses a man during training yes they have a uh, live fire exercise which is um very intense and one of the guys who we've seen throughout training is having issue with his helmet and rico's like okay take your helmet off i'm gonna fix it and we're gonna put it back on we're gonna keep going and on uh accident another member of the squad trips up and accidentally fires her rifle and Mm -hmm. kills the other guy while rico's fixing his helmet and it's this whole thing, you know, we have a man we have a man who dies, the girl who shot him, um, basically quits the military, yeah. she washes out, and Rico as punishment gets ten gets a military um, punishment, which is ten, ten lashes. lashes with a whip, which is really intense. And he washes out too and he's, you know, in the process of packing up and leaving and that's when shipping he gets home. going home and he calls his parents to tell him, you know, hey, you know, is it okay if I come home? And that's when we see, you know, stuff starting to happen in the background. And they're like, oh, you know, it must be, you know, rain coming. And it's like, I've seen a lot of rain in my life. I've never seen it where, you know, it just goes the from... The sky goes black. Yeah, from day to night, you know, in an instant. It's kind of weird. And then we find out that Buenos Aires 
has been destroyed by the arachnids. Uh, arachnid hive planet with their space bug ass launchers. Yeah, that was pretty weird. Yeah, it is. I, I won't argue that it's weird. But yeah, so they kill um everybody. So they bomb Buenos Aires, and that leads to Johnny re... Um, reinforcing his ideals and going back in, you know, to join in the military to fight and kill the bugs, which the... I think this has a thing where th this might have been like a false flag commentary thing, where um obviously nine eleven hadn't happened yet. This movie came out in ninety seven, yeah. But this might have been a commentary on like people saying FDR knew that the bombing of Pearl Harbor was coming. And he wanted to get the United States into the war effort. But, you know, he couldn't do that unless he could rally the nation behind it. I wonder if this was a commentary on that where the Federation allowed a... A bombing like that? Allowed a bomb through so they can just get into the planet and just get into war. Because it's hard to have a ultra-fascist military government without a war to rally the, their people behind yeah. you know i don't know th there's this movie is so weird because it's at all at once this movie is complete cheese absolute convoluted bullshit and amazing a political commentary all at once and an amazing action movie all at the same time well, this movie's I, great. I thought it was kind of funny, you know, after, you know, Buenos Aires is, you know, destroyed, we get a lot of, like, news footage. So we're seeing, like, stuff that we would see on TV, you know, anytime there's, you know, a disaster or there's war, we get, you know, clips, you know, cell phone clips or whatever. So when we're seeing Buenos Aires destroyed and there's fires and explosions, that's all from footage of the Oakland fires in 1991. Which I thought was kind of crazy, but it makes sense. You know, it, it's fire. It kind of works. Oh, yeah. It, it's really interesting because they sourced a lot of that material from real life, um, like, news footage. Mm -hmm. Which is also kind of interesting because it feels like they were taking from real life to, com to put in this facial setting to re- interpret that and commentate back on real life and like, this movie is is brilliant and stupid all at the same time <laughs> it's glorious i don't know why people think this movie's like bad because a lot of people think this is a bad movie it's all right i mean would i watch it again probably not really yeah i mean you know leading up to like the action you know the action and basic training when he loses a man i was kind of like okay you've got me hooked but there were just other parts where, you know, you've got this big bug blowing up planets with its ass. You know, it's like, really? That's that's what we're fighting against? Like, man. Yeah, but what about at the fort? Where the, where's the ambush? Yeah, that, oh. was, that was... Ugh. So bad when you just see all of them just coming through the hills at them. So good! Also, nine, 1997 CGI on those bugs... Still Hold, creepy. Holds up a lot better than I thought it would. Granted, they had to choose between either having good-looking um, marines or good-looking bugs. Because, okay, fun fact. When I used to work at the comic book store yeah. long ago, one of the guys who did the VX, VFX on this movie actually came into the comic book store to like buy some stuff. And, you know, 
he was, we were talking about it and he said that that was one of the biggest things about that movie where they didn't have a giant budget Mm-mm. and in the book the space marines are supposed to be space marines in these giant like mech suits super mm-hmm. extravagant and giant and the bugs were supposed to look basically like they do in the movie yeah but they had to make the decision either have the space marines look book accurate mm-hmm. or have the the bugs the look book yeah. accurate and it's also um kind of funny that in the far off distant future we're still basically using m16s yeah which is like really we couldn't we have yet to find anything better than an m16 really i guess not Uh i I guess that's you know tried and true but it's kind of funny that you brought up the the armor that the the soldiers wear in the movie yeah because when i was doing my research i found that the helmets that they wear were repurposed and used in Planet of the Apes, the 2001 Tim Burton movie. Huh. So at the very end, when the SWAT team comes out, when Mark Wahlberg comes back to the States... Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so they, they were repainted and used on the SWAT team when he's at um, the Lincoln Monument. That is. And oh, then yeah. the gear, the actual battle gear, that was repurposed and used in Power Rangers Lost Galaxy in 99. And an episode of Firefly. And I'm back in. All right. I like Firefly. Yeah. I guess the train job. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, I know that episode. Okay. Okay. I know what we're going on here. So, it it was kind of cool to see that, you know, from one movie, they were able to kind of scrap things and use it for different projects. They probably also used these to and repurpose them in one of the four sequels to this movie. Most likely. Definitely. Which, by the way, the sequels are not... um, up to par with the first one i will let you know now i've seen i've seen them don't worry about it but yeah so look i'm very adamant that this movie is is a lot of fun it's really good i don't feel guilty about liking it at all i do get that sideways glance you're giving me right now when i say that i really enjoy this movie Mm -hmm. but i i think just i want to know what about this movie did you like did you not like that you thought was interesting or cliche the basic pointer stuff i mean it's a cheesy movie you know that's kind of what's you know strikes out to me is you know this is kind of a cheeseball movie or one of your movies that you would pick i don't know why Uh, it's cheesy to you it's just cheesy you know a lot of it is you know 90s graphics so the the bugs look very computer generated not like stuff now where it's like you know is that a person or is that you know computer animated so yeah i'll I'll give you that some things in this movie feel rather on the dated end of the spectrum yeah uh, uh, i was more intrigued by like the behind the scenes stuff because you always are i usually am but that kind of made me like the movie a little bit more because it's, you know, an action movie at the end of the day. Um, there's a love story that's kind of woven into that. We mm-hmm. have, you know, Johnny Rico and Carmen. And then we have, you know, Diz, who's gone to high school with them and loved him from afar. She is thirsty for Johnny. Oh, yeah. She... So from scene one, she wants Rico bad. 
And it's not even that kind of, you know, like, innocent longing. She is just, like, giving him... She is like, yo, you want to jump my bones right now? Yeah, like, we, that, we'll that's do her... this on the dance floor right now. Yeah, that's her look at him, you know, throughout the entire movie. She is just thirsting after this guy. And they finally get together, and you think, you know, okay, you know, they could work together. I, I can see this happening, and tragedy strikes. That is the, the thing about this movie, where... Carmen and Johnny were, they're, you know, high school sweethearts. They break up when they join the military. Carmen falls for Zane and... Xander. Or, sorry, for Xander. He looks like Billy Zane for some reason. He fall, She falls for Xander and Rico, he eventually ends up with Diz. And honestly, the people they find apart from each other are way better suited to them as people than when they were together. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, they finally come back together, but it's almost not even as, like, it almost feels like, yeah, of course you guys came back together because everyone else you could have ended up with is dead. Yeah. Which I think is another commentary or another thing about this movie where, you know, the love you find in war isn't really good for you because war is not something you should love being in. But that's a whole other thing that I might be pulling out of nowhere. Yeah, My so, tinfoil hat is firmly on, by the way. That hat never comes off. It's great. It's pinned to my head. It so, is. Yeah, so I just thought that was kind of sad that, you know, we see him, you know, go from being heartbroken to, you know, maybe let me pursue this after, was it, Lieutenant Zim? I think so. Oh, are you talking about um, Ironsides? Let me see. Yeah, yeah, Clancy Brown. Oh, Clancy Brown, Clancy Brown, yeah. yeah. So Clancy Clancy Brown, also known as Mr. Krabs, also yes. known as the Kurgan from Highlander. That guy is great. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, we, we have him, you know, tell him, you know, hey, there's a, another saying we say in the... No, that's Michael Ironsides. Clancy Brown is the drill instructor. Michael Ironside is the lieutenant. There you go. I feel so hyped right now knowing that, oh my god, I finally, I caught you on a mistake about random movie facts. Feels good. Continue. Yeah, I mean, I don't know half of these people names in the movie, so. I don't care. I'll take, I'll take a victory <laughs> wherever I Neither can get Neither do it. I. So. I love you. When he tells, so. when he tells him, you know, not to pass up a good thing. And that's when he's kind of like, you know what, I'm gonna give in. I've had her as a friend. You know, we fought alongside each other. Let me pursue this. He also might die tomorrow, so eh, it'd be nice. And then she ends up dying. Feels really bad, right? Yeah, especially when she's kind of, you know, telling him it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. And she's starting to slip more towards oh, death. And she, she gets scared and she's like, don't leave me. Don't leave me. And then she's just gone. Yeah. And it's, it's... Carmen is the one flying the chopper out yeah. and... Oh, that is a rough, rough scene. Yeah. It just so feels bad. Good. It's so good. And also we have the comic relief of Jack Busey. Yeah. There's there's a lot of good there's a lot of good acting in this movie. It's a lot of fun. But I'm more of a fan of behind the scenes stuff, so mm -hmm. Lieutenant Willie in the film. Mm -hmm. He is the son of Gerald Ford. Really? Yeah. So Stephen Ford plays Lieutenant Willie in this movie. So I thought, you know, that's kind of cool that somebody with a presidential history is in your movie. So 
There you go. Go America. Because I know you're very into politics and... I'm I'm into history. History. And, poli- and politics is a lot of history. Also... Or history is a lot of politics. Yeah. So, there are a lot of people they consider to play Johnny Rico. Oh. So, I'm going to read off some of the names that they considered. And they kind of make sense because a lot of these guys look similar to each other. Well, yeah, I think a lot of it is they wanted generic, good-looking action dude Yeah. for a late 90s sci-fi movie. Mm-hmm. So, I can imagine who you would get. So, they wanted, possibly, James Marsden. Uh, James Marsden. Enchanted. Hairspray. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I can, uh, okay, I can see that. Uh, Keanu Reeves. The, uh... Love Keanu. Love James Marsden, too. Yes, no. Like, I want to see the version of Starship Troopers with Keanu Reeves. You wouldn't even question being like, why is is Keanu Reeves playing Argentinian? What what is this? You'd be like, he he might be. I don't know. Keanu Reeves looks like All you would have had to tell me is, hey, I want you to watch this Keanu Reeves movie. Done. That that easy. Yeah, that easy. Uh, Mark Wahlberg. Again. Watch this movie with Mark Wahlberg. Done. This would have... This would have probably been after boogie nights when did boogie nights come out it probably been around the same time so yeah it'd be a young mark Wahlberg. that'd be kind of interesting and he turned down the role for this because i guess he was going to start doing um the planet of the apes so that's that's along the lines of when this movie comes out you know it's 97 planet of the apes was 99 yeah so, okay i can see that yeah um josh brolin Oh, uh, oh, uh, okay. That's, that's interesting. And finally, Jason Priestley, which... I... Who? 90210. Who? Like the main guy in 90210. James Vanderbeek? No, we know you have a massive crush on the Vanderbeek, but you should Google Jason Priestley. You'll probably recognize him if you see him. But I think he is the the one that looks most like um, Casper Van Dien. Yeah. Like the two of them, you know, when I was watching the movie, I was like, looking at the scenes, and I'm like, yeah, you could flip them, you know, out of a scene, and they're practically the same guy. Yeah. It is it is funny because um you know you you list off those names, and there's some of those names where I'm like, oh, that would have just been awesome to see, mm-hmm. or man, that guy could have you know would have been crazy, but. Casper Van Dien, I think at this point, has achieved cult movie stardom for this movie. Oh, yeah. Because he is one of those actors where, again, I he I know he's been in other stuff. I'm pretty sure I've seen him in other stuff. But whenever I see him, I'm like, oh, shit, it's Johnny Rico. And to emphasize that point, when he went to... I, there's an interview about him. He goes to pick up his kids from school. Yeah. And there's a bunch of 10-year-old boys hanging out. And they're like, oh my god, your dad's Johnny Rico? Dude! And his daughters were like, dad, were you in a movie called Starship Troopers? And he was like, yeah. Were you naked in that movie? Yeah. You ruined my life. And then they started being like, oh my god, that's so embarrassing. My life is ruined. And I can only imagine all of their friends were like, dude, your dad's Johnny Rico. Rico's roughnecks, dude. We saw his butt. Right. And also, the, it's a thing where he's like, why are those kids watching Starship Troopers? And the kids' answers were, our dads made us watch it. And I'm like, that 
that speaks to me on a primal level of why did you watch this really not okay for kids action movie? Yeah. My dad made me watch it. Thank you, Predator. Thank you, Die Hard. Thank you, Dad. There you go. Thank you, Alien. Thank you, Alien. No, no, my dad didn't make me watch Alien. He made me watch Aliens because mm-hmm. that one was, was metal. And also Time Bands and The Last of the Mohicans and Galaxy. There's a lot of movies my dad made me watch for weird reasons. All the Star Trek movies. But yeah. And then for Carmen, they considered Nev Campbell and Rebecca Gayhart. Uh... But I don't know. They couldn't get them because they were both filming Scream too. Huh. So it's like I, you know, I was thinking about it. And I'm like, I could have seen Nev Campbell as Carmen. I don't know because I, I really like um, uh, Denise Richards in that role, and mostly because she just can really pull off that kind of bright-eyed, idealistic, like doe-eyed pretty girl yeah. like thing nev nev campbell i guess it's because every time i think of nev campbell i think like of scream. scream and it's a whole other issue of typecasting and all this other stuff yeah because i mean i could see her as like a serious version of this character who's you know determined to become a pilot and to have her career really take off on this platform mm. so i think if she had gotten the, the part it would have been more on a serious tone versus denise richards where She's serious, but she's also, you know, light and bubbly at the beginning of the movie. You know, a happy I, high school student. I think, I like that, though. I like that character arc for her. Well, I, it's, I think it's one of those things where she's this very, um, she's almost the opposite of Rico in a lot of ways. Mm. Where she is very happy and bubbly and everything is so magical and, and wonderful. She's highly intelligent. Highly intelligent. And it's the thing where she's joining the pilot's force and everything is just wonderful for them because they never see combat. No. Whereas Rico, he's in he's in the dumps and he's you know a lot more like he gets a lot more hardened as the movie goes on. They both do. We we both yeah. get to see, you know, the the changes that they go throughout the movie. They're not the same people that we meet in the beginning of the movie. Which, another commentary on war, it's the transformation human, yeah. humans go through after they see the horrors of war. Also, their high school is not a high school. Really? Yeah. They're... Well, I may, I could assume it's not a high school. What is I, it? I mean, some place, you know, some movies, they, they get it right. You know, it is a school. It's actually a Kaiser Permanente hospital. Oh my God, that makes so much sense. It, right? Now, like thinking back and looking at it, yeah, no, that is that is that I've is a prob- Kaiser. I've probably been in that Kaiser lobby before. Oh my god! That's why when I was looking, I'm like, yeah, you don't really look like a school. I was trying to figure it out, and once I took you know my notes for it, I was like, like crap, that is a Kaiser. That yeah, where is it? I'm not sure. It, it's probably somewhere in California. Probably, most yeah. likely, um, Mr. Razchek, uh, Johnny Seacher. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They considered Michael Douglas to play his character. Can you imagine, you know, late 90s Michael Douglas? Ironsides, though. Out on the the battlefield. I don't... It's so... I don't know. Like, again, you keep (laughs) saying these names and I'm just like, man, this would be metal as hell. Keanu Reeves, Michael Douglas. Okay, alright. Let me sweeten the pot. The director that was once attached to the film... James Cameron. We would get a the good the good sequel to Aliens. Oh, buddy! 
Actually, the, so if you wanted to know what this movie would be if James Cameron directed it, go watch Aliens. Yeah. That That is it. This could have been the spiritual successor to Aliens 3. Oh my god. This movie is amazing. It's so good. But honestly, how it is right now is just perfect. It's great. I have... So, one of my friends in um, my other life outside of podcasting, he we play World of Warcraft together. Yeah. And he unironically calls his, like, party chat Rico's Roughnecks from Starship Troopers. Boo, this movie has influences here. It, it's deep-rooted right. in, in dude-bro-frat-boy-like minds. Which is why you love this movie so much, because you love your, your dudes, your bros. This movie's also just bitchin'. This movie's great. Ooh, right out of the 90s, it's bitchin'. This movie's bitchin'. <laughs> But yeah, like, so there, I like there's it. a lot of there's a lot of action to it, which made it entertaining. Uh, you know, I'm a sucker for the behind the scenes stuff, so I really liked researching it. This movie has a lot of behind the scenes stuff to it. Yeah, I was surprised. <laughs> Me too. I mean, I was surprised by some of the people that were potentially tied to this and how different this movie could have been. Yeah. So, it was a good film. It was all right. That, that sounds like Boo kind of wants to wrap this one up. Yeah, I mean, I know you could probably go further on this since this is your movie. I get A lot of this would just be me kind of rattling off random little tidbits that I picked up over the years about this movie. Fun fact, this is not one of my favorite movies. This is, like, not in my top ten favorite movies of all time. This is one of those weird movies that I saw as a kid and watched a lot as... Mm-hmm. a kid and like got older and whatnot yeah and coming because i haven't seen this movie in like seven years i haven't i don't think i've seen watch this movie all the way through since high school or middle school mm-hmm. if that but re-watching it now and kind of knowing a, a little bit more about the things behind it this movie has taken on a whole new universe of meaning. This movie is great. It got better with it. This movie is aged like a fine <laughs> wine for me. But yeah, I can keep rambling on about it. But honestly, I think people should go see this movie. This is a fun watch. Even if you're not like that into the weird, like thematic political commentary, you can just roll with it as a fun <laughs> action movie action sci-fi movie yeah and if you're like eh, i'm not really big into action sci-fi movie you can lean into the cool weird political thematic stuff or if you're kind of into like a nice little romance thing there's a little bit of romance in here a little, bit, a little action, bit a little bit of romance a little bit of horror a little bit of thrills chills pew pew laser guns it's, it's great yeah but uh, i guess that brings us about to the end of this little show so we're at the end here. Starship Troopers is in the rearview mirror. It is. And that means we have... Is this our final? What? No. This, this is, is my final This pick. is your final pick for our guilty pleasures. And I've been waiting for this day. Oh, buddy. Have you? A little bit because I feel you're going to try and try and stick the knife in and twist it a little bit. What would ever give you that impression? Uh, I don't know. It's probably the knife in my back. So... Why don't you tell us what our next film is? Well, before I tell you about that, remember how, you know, our, our first month of doing this, you made me watch Eraserhead? I did. And that I told great. you that 
someday I'd make you pay back, you know, I, I'd make you pay for that. Yes, vaguely. Just vaguely? Just, just vaguely. I was hoping it'd be, uh, I hope you were joking. No. Yeah, Boo never jokes. All right, Boo, I, I what is it? I hardly joke. So, as payback for making me watch Eraserhead and endure that, I thought maybe I should make you watch something, you know, really good. A blockbuster. Something that's really, really up your alley. Uh-huh. So, for my last pick of Guilty Pleasures Month, Dean is going to watch the 2008 classic Twilight. Oh, come on. There's vampires, there's werewolves, there's love. Oh. And Dean's going to be right in the middle of that. Oh, why? Those movies suck. Eraserhead, sorry. At least my movies are artistically valid. Yours is a is a vapid pile of shit. Books are great. No! Have you read the books? I don't need to. I know. You don't know everything. Uh, I feel uh this is going to be gross. So, tune in next week where Dean is going to, you know, reveal that he is a true twihard underneath all this angst that he's pretending to portray right now. Alright, see you next week at the Film Club. If you want to find us, you can find us on social media at the Film Club Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Or you could find us on different platforms of listening, which would be Spotify, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts. And if you want to listen to Dean's other two podcasts, you could find him where? You can find us on Apple Podcast, on Google Podcast, Anchor FM. You can also find us on our YouTube channel, In The Frame, where you can listen to the Double Feature Podcast and the Too Obscure for TV Podcast. And oh my god, why do we have to watch Twilight? Payback, baby. Can we? Please, no. That's how uh, I felt about Eraserhead, but you made me do Eraserhead's it. Eraserhead's great! Sorry. You even admitted you liked Eraserhead. No, I said it was alright. After I talked about, you know, what the movie actually meant. So, uh, sorry, babe. So next week, we will see you at the film club. Peace. Peace.